Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. With a career spanning over 20 years in the beauty industry, Daniel Martin is undoubtedly one of the most prolific makeup artists of today. From being featured in the likes of Vogue and Harper's Bazaar to creating the wedding day look for the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, this is a story you cannot miss. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable & Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder, keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders and entrepreneurs around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to inspire and hopefully help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build brands, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you, our guest for today and my close friend, Daniel Martin. Daniel has amassed an amazing clientele as a makeup artist, including the likes of Priyanka Chopra, Elizabeth Moss, and even the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, for whom he created the wedding day look for. In addition, he's also had a number of incredible awards on his artistry journey, such as Makeup Artist of the Year at the InStyle Awards. And he also went on to become the brand ambassador at Dior Beauty, where we actually met, and is now the global director of artistry and education at Tatcha. Daniel is leading the way with bridging the gap between skincare and cosmetics, incorporating complexion-boosting ingredients into makeup products. So Daniel, thank you so much for being here and allowing us to hear your inspiring and incredible journey. Of course, anything for you. It's so nice to see you. It's been forever. So nice. I know. This pandemic. <laughs> pandemic has not been friendly for us because otherwise I sure would have seen you around. But, you know, this is great. We can meet virtually and and do these kind of things still. So it's still a lot to, to be totally. happy for. Um, but Dan, you know, I, I kind of ask all my guests in this podcast this question, and it's a tough one, but I do want to, you know, ask you that the, the main question is, in a nutshell, and it's very tough because in a few sentences, can you just tell the world who is Daniel Martin? Oh my God, that is hard. Wow. Um, Daniel Martin is loyal. Uh, Daniel is funny, um, creative. Uh, gosh, this is really hard because you want it to sound. <laughs> yeah. But um, I also love the fact that you've started with like 
kind of personality traits because that's not something many people have done. They kind of go, I'm an entrepreneur, oh. I'm a this. And I love that. It already tells me so much about you, the fact that you really put yourself first, not your you necessarily your work or your thing. It's you. And I love that you, because that's a big part of it all, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Especially doing what I do, sharing, you know, being able to feel comfortable to create or just to allow someone to be their best self. I need to be that person that's going to be able to champion that or to support that. So um, I think, yeah. Oh, that's so okay. fascinating. No, that- I love that. No, honestly, that already is, is one of the, I've never heard anyone start like that. So I, already, that's why I love you. Cause I just know that's who you are. You're the most, you know, it is, you are loyal, you are caring and, and we're going to get to know how that has helped you have so much success. <laughs> so I kind of want to start at the beginning of, how did you start, you know, getting interested in the beauty industry and into color and, you know, cosmetics? Um, I have three sisters. So I was always around skincare and makeup. Two of my sisters are stepsisters. They're Korean. So um, when my, our parents got together, we lived in Seoul, Korea when I was 13 or in, in my early teens. And so that was where I kind of discovered um, K-beauty and the rituals and the 10 steps and my stepmother had a regimen whereas um my real mother wasn't she was very simple with her her ritual with her skincare she really didn't wear makeup um she over her brows in the 60s so she basically you know now they're completely drawn on um but it exposed me to beauty in such a way and plus my grandmother who's french um she never left the house without makeup so it enabled me to really see so many different facets of it but i fell in love with the artistry of it all in college um i got a job work my first makeup job was at nordstrom's in seattle in the 90s and i was working at the mat counter so that enabled me to understand the artistry of makeup wow and that's kind of like where it all started. But then, you know, to go from Mac to then painting some of the most incredible people of today, I mean, that's not, I mean, that's people's dreams, but it's not very achievable or it's, I mean, it's, it's hard. And um, how, like, what was that first kind of, I guess you could say, breakthrough moment or opportunity that got you into that journey? Mm, that's a really great question. I think for me at the beginning, I didn't, I always knew that, I wanted to um, live in New York City. It was a dream of mine since I was 12. And I don't know what I was going to do there, but I was going to wind up in New York. So, um, so much of that focus in my early 20s was getting to New York. But along the way, beauty has always been that um, support system. And so it wasn't until like... You know, I got here because I've been in New York now 22 years. And it wasn't until 9-11 that I really realized, okay, I didn't move to New York. Um, to I, At the time, I was working for Aveda. And I, I was in-house doing education and um, sales and marketing for them. But I knew I didn't want to be in corporate. I knew I wanted to be an artist. So it wasn't until 9-11 that I realized, okay, you need to just you don't know what life is going to bring Mm -hmm. you and you need to focus and really, you know, if this is something that you want to do, you need to pursue it. So that's when 
I really focused on makeup and was like, okay, I need to freelance. I need to assist again. I need to do all of that. So basically I went from a very cush job, a nine to five mm-hmm. and then going freelance in 2004. Amazing. So, and you know, people don't, I mean, people don't realize that that's a big change. I mean, it's not something that, um, it's comfortable to digest at the beginning because there's a lot of risks. Um, you know, you don't have that stable income and it's very competitive. And often, um, you often do a lot of gigs knowing that you might not get a paycheck at the end or you just kind of say yes and you feel scared to ask like, am I getting paid for this? Or am I not getting paid for this? Right, and, right. And I'm sure that was the case, especially in New York, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent because it was like, okay, I needed to save enough money to have the bank yeah. to then be able just to let people know that I'm available. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's especially in New York, it's so expensive to live here. And I really honestly believe that the city, you know, tests you to see if you can do it or not. It, you know, all these situations happen to you to see if you can, you know, pull through, pull out of it. And um, I just I just had to persevere because I really wanted to do it. Um, yeah. But what I've learned is it's not so much the destination, but the journey. Yes. And who you meet, how you meet them, where they take you, what gets you to point A to point B, that's equally as important as getting to where it is you want to be. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. No, I think that's so powerful because it is that journey that builds you and also um, grows you in that way because um, often when you end up, especially if you're really acknowledging that journey and listening to yourself during that journey, when you get to the end goal, and it happens to so many people and then they achieve what they want to achieve or they get that, the thing that they wanted and they're like not happy or they, are, they haven't realized why. And it's because you haven't listened to that journey. It's because maybe right. you know, there's more to it. And I think for you that that was definitely, I'm sure, like many, you know, budding makeup artists at the time, it is something that is, you've got to think long term, but you also got to enjoy every step and, and just see how it takes you because you have to go gig by gig step by step but did you feel like um like new york was because are you currently still in new york right yeah Um, yeah yeah so did you imagine yourself you know fast forward after you know now your vast career that you would stay in new york or was it always when you started like this is a short term let's make it and then we'll see (laughs) it's so funny growing up um i've always moved around as a kid my father worked for the government he was in the military and I grew up in Central America, grew up in Asia. Um, when my parents got divorced, my mom moved to Europe. She moved to Germany. Um, so I've always been on the go my whole life. Um, I was that person that wanted to find that stable home um, because I didn't have one. And I always knew from the age of 12 that I was going to wind up in New York. It's really interesting, but like 2019, I was starting to just get restless about being in New York. Everything was changing. Um, I wasn't loving, I was in Brooklyn for 18 years and I was just like, okay, I need something different. I need, you know, I need to fall in love with New York again because at the time I was just like, ugh, you kind of get defeated a bit. You know, you're lugging suitcases full of makeup. You're trying to get a cab. You're trying to, you know, you're on the subway with, hundreds of people in a train cramped 
there are times when you're just like, okay, I need to just like breathe. I need to get out. out." Yeah. And And it got to a point where I was just like, I was starting to not fall in love with, not be in love with New York anymore. But then the pandemic happened. And literally the week before we were um, closing, basically going to shut down, I convinced my husband to move to the Upper West Side. And now we fell in love with New York again because under lockdown, I live two blocks now from Central Park, that we were able to just to walk and just be out and be free. And it made us just fall in love with New York again. So I love that. Yeah, it was kind of. It was kind of like a reshuffle. Yeah, like that reshuffle can actually like for you, even like staying in the city, but just moving yeah. to another part of the city can actually make the whole difference, you know, because um, completely uh, we, we kind of forget about that, that, you know, we've lived in that little village or the area or whatever it is uh, as part of like, especially me in London, I'm like, I'm getting sick of it. But then I'm like, but I just stay in the same area all the time. What about trying a new place in East London? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in New York, it's the same thing. It's like, you don't leave, you know, if you're downtown going past 23rd street is like, Oh my God, I'm going uptown. But I literally moved to uh, the upper West side, which is a neighborhood that I would never, I had never thought about living in because I was always a downtown person. And then we moved up here and I was like, Oh my God, this is old New York. Exactly. It's Uh, like a whole different vibe. Yeah. It really does change your perspective. And I think, yeah, the pandemic was a conduit to that change uh, and also did also in fact, you know, less tourism and everything, but still, I think it's that move within New York that made you fall in love. But, you know, going back again to, you you know, you were doing a lot of, um, uh, like a lot of opportunities and then some of them were, I guess, you know, great features and the likes of like Vogue and Elle and Marie Claire. And then how did you kind of go from there to, did like, you know, when you were starting to work with different, say, celebrities or, um, you know, influential people, did they start falling in love with Daniel and say, look, I want you to work with me in another thing? And like, how did that journey grow? That's interesting. At the time when I was, um, like, I basically kind of reinvented my career in the sense that when you work in fashion at the time, and it was like the late 90s, early 2000s, there was like fashion and celebrity. It was so separated. Yeah. And there was a point in the mid 2000s where designers started to have celebrities sit front row at their shows. So, you know, they would dress them, they would pay for hair and makeup, but they wanted them to, to kind of have this aesthetic that represented the brand. So one of the first designers that I worked with to kind of that really got me into working with celebrity was Perenza Schooler. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot of like the cool girls of the 90s sitting front row and they had the boys didn't like a lot of makeup. So they wanted, you know, that fashion sensibility with those, you know, the LA A-listers. Yeah. And that's kind of like how I got my foot into working with celebrity. And then it just kind of, snowballed um and what's funny is that you know because i came from fashion fashion so much about no makeup makeup yeah um it was almost you know it was always about the clothes beautiful skin and that's kind of like how i honed my point of view and then when things started to you know i just became that person that you know can do that kind of makeup on celebrity, but still make them feel like them. Um, So that's kind of like how that transition happens. The, the, the journey increases by also just having a personality 
forward, right? Because I think a lot of people, um, you know, you're spending time with these people. You're, you know, sometimes it takes an hour, hours, to, you know, to work with them. And yeah. when you're connecting, it also, you know, you're making that experience a lot more uh, enjoyable. And I think people, you know, you become friends with them. And I think what I would love to know is, is like, did you find it, I wouldn't say difficult, but did you have this kind of mindset of this is work or actually this can be both pleasure and work and it's okay to be friends with these with my with my clients for example that's a really good question because i think um if you go in forgetting that you're there to provide a service yeah that changes the dynamic um and especially when you're working with someone for the first time you know i'm there to provide a service i'm there to make them feel their best I'm not very chatty when I work. I just can't talk and work. Unlike yeah. hairdressers, because they're behind them, they can talk and have a whole conversation and do their hair and do all these things. Exactly. Because I'm in their face, yeah. I tend to shut down because I need to focus on the work. Also, too, when we're working, we're doing the person at the same time. It's very rare that you get time alone with that person, you know, doing makeup and doing hair. Exactly. So... I just, you know, I always went in as, you know, job first. And then if they ask you back, then you have that familiarity. But it's very, you know, you don't come off as being buddy buddies because they don't know you. You mm -hmm. may think you know them because of their persona and what you've read and all this stuff. But um, I don't ever go into a job, you know, thinking that we're down and then, yeah. you know, because I've seen where that goes and it's not good. No. Um, <laughs> and it just makes them, so them uncomfortable, just, which is not right. Because nice well. at the end of the day, they want to feel comfortable in your hands with your craft. Exactly. And if they're not feeling comfortable, because they always, one thing that I've learned through all of this is that no one will ever remember the kind of makeup that you did, but they're always going to remember how you made them feel. So powerful. That's, such, that's so powerfully said, actually. Um, and I think that's something that I think a lot of people, even if you take it out of beauty, it can actually be translated in, into so many different yeah. types of jobs or industries. A hundred percent. Beauty just makes it a bit harder because they want you to be a part of, of you know, especially if it's a red carpet and you've never yes. worked with them before. You have to be on to make them feel comfortable in what they're wearing and with themselves to be able to present themselves out in the world like that. If they don't feel good with the makeup that you did, you will see it yeah. in their pictures. Oh, for sure. They're comp like everything. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so wild. So, so then, you know, from going amazing career, um, working with amazing people, but then you also went to, uh, work with Dior and that's actually where we met which was and obviously the work continued while you're at Dior it doesn't stop there but um, that's it gets even more but um, I would love to know how that kind of a that conversation happened and how you decided cool I'll start at, I don't know if you started at Dior or maybe yeah, tell us a bit about that yeah so um, do you remember Kim Ma well at the yeah. time she was Kim Meyer now she's Kim Meyer yeah, she Kim so yeah. I knew Kim when she was at Chanel and she created, she was part of the team that started the makeup artist program with yes. Peter Phillips there. So when Peter Phillips came to Dior, um, I guess the Paris team wanted to create that same um, program with the brand, but um, 
they only selected two people in the U.S., and that was Sabrina Bendrani and I. And she's in L.A. and I'm in New York. Um, and we, I mean, we were vetted through Peter, which was a complete honor. And um, I met so many incredible people like yourself through that opportunity. I was there for six years. Um, to this day, I'm still like a friend of the house. And um, they're doing uh, their exhibition in Brooklyn next week. So I'm super excited about that. But yeah, um, yeah so that's how, you know, my time at Dior happened. Amazing. And it's such an incredible brand. It is. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I, I've left since as well. And it's just, you, you don't ever leave, I would say. You're, it's still a family. It's, it's still in our yeah. blood. And, you know, I still, everywhere I go, I'm still like, deal. I get like those jitterbugs and I see an ad or when I see something new happening. And, 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 and actually, you know what? It's even funny. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, most people are still there, actually. So nonetheless, I still feel like I'm, you know, I still talk to yeah. people and they're still working at Dior because it's such a great company that people will spend many, many, many years there. And they're kind of like, yeah. don't want to leave. Um, and, you know, we're very lucky totally. to have had the experience to work for such a heritage maison, but also very forward yeah. thinking with, um, you know, where they were going. But I know during your time when you were doing, you know, as, as ambassador for Dior as well, you, um, and I remember because in the head office, we were speaking about it during that moment. And we we're like, oh my God, did you see what's happened? And you <laughs> were, you know, responsible for the wedding look for the Duchess of Sussex <laughs> and Meghan Markle, which was pretty amazing i'm sure you had to like keep that really quiet for a while until it was able to be announced yeah. but um you know without going too much into it what was that experience like um i had known megan i've known megan now for 10 years and we met when she was doing her show suits and we um completely hit it off professionally and personally and when she started her uh blog years ago called the tig i was um like a contributor for the beauty and wellness portion of it. So, um, you know, through that, we maintained our friendship, you know, her relationship with, with Harry. And then when the wedding happened or when she got proposed, I didn't even think anything of it just because at the time she was already in the UK and we would keep in touch through emails and texts, but, um, you know how things happen when your friends move, you just lose touch a bit. And then she reached out. And at the time we were still um, like in touch, not as frequently, but like monthly. Yeah. And then when she asked, I was completely flattered. Um, I didn't like, I didn't think anything of it really because it was just like, Oh, friends getting married. And that summer, I had three friends getting married within months of each other. Wow. So I didn't really understand the the um, the magnitude of their wedding. Yeah, because I just I mean I don't follow the royals, so yeah, I yeah. wasn't either. Do I. So to... I, I? I think that one was specifically. It just blew up all over the internet because it was just such yeah. an ex exciting moment. And she was American marrying into this family. So yeah. now looking back, I'm like, okay, now I get it. But <laughs> still at the time, I just didn't. But actually, like, th thankfully, because it was actually better because there was let me like, it was just literally you doing, you know, your friend's makeup. Yeah. Um, and not that extra pressure with a lot of people, you know, with you overthinking about, wow, actually, this is a bit, you know, more than, than I. Yeah. Uh, is this 
it's as scary as it's what. So I think it's actually it was actually probably that way done better. Um, but I mean, you guys yeah. are. I, I'm sure, like you know, she couldn't have found anyone better to do it because not only are you an incredible makeup artist, but really, you know, you guys are close friends. I remember when we were in LA. Was it in LA? We went to Gucci to get some um, shoes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> I did. That yeah, was fun. You were, you were so thoughtful, and I was like, wow, that's a cool like uncle to to. Um, <laughs> right. um, I was like, that is. The, I, I wish I had Gucci. Was it little shoes? Red shoes? Or something? Was it, <laughs> So yeah, cool. just like little <laughs> shoes. I love um, it. Oh my god, they're yeah. He's totally outgrown those by now. But, <laughs> but hopefully they keep them because it's just a, such a cool thing to keep. But that's amazing. And then you know, so then over time, um, you know, Dior as it um, as you started leaving, then now you have an incredible. I mean, and I say this as also as a fellow Sephora brand. One of my favorite brands at Sephora is Tatcha. Obsessed with what Vicky's done, and it's just the most incredible not only story and brand DNA, but it's just got the most incredible formulas. And I come from a very, you know, as a formulaic freak, I appreciate a good formula. And I know when yeah, people haven't yeah. cut cost from the cost of good perspective, I'm like, okay, Tatcha knows what's up. And so obviously I yeah. understand why you would want to, you know, work with Vicky and Tatcha, but how did that come around? So I actually have known Vicky since she started the brand. And wow. she, we met um, because she reached out to me on LinkedIn God, 11 years ago. And she was like, I'm created these blog papers. I found you um, through the credits in Vogue for something. Wow. <laughs> and she was like, can I send you my blog papers? So she sent me the blog papers and I used them backstage at New York Fashion Week. And one of the beauty editors was like, oh, what's this? And then um, wrote about them. And then wow. ever since then, Vicky and I started just like this really sincere friendship and then she gave me an opportunity to create her first lipstick which was kyoto red with them and this was before dior and then um we just kind of kept in touch so she has always known that you know my you know dream job would be to helm um as creative director for a beauty brand what peter's doing at dior or what uh, Lucia is doing at Chanel. So um, she's always known that. And then when they got acquired by Unilever, we were actually in London when she asked me. And I wasn't anticipating it. I was still with Dior. And she was like, you know, now I have this opportunity and I'd love to bring you on to help me with, you know, development and with the, with the brand because we can do it now. And I was just, I was like, I can't miss opportunity and at the time i was with dior and donna's beauty with jessica alba yeah i mean you know it's i think that's the best part is because everyone on your journey is i I would say again we touched on that before but of course there's that professionality and everything but you're such just a likable like friend to so many people that i think i'm sure anyone when you go to them and say look jessica look dior I am so happy here, but at the same time, this is an opportunity. I'm sure they just said, don't even think about it. Like, like, that is an unmissable opportunity because, as you said, it's... um, But what I also like about it is it's also on the forefront. And I don't... Obviously, I don't... You know, not quoting me, but I I worked at Dior. I worked in luxury and stuff. And while I love Dior, Chanel, these brands, I personally left as well because I wanted to work for, I think... 
my mind, the future of beauty, and I, and I know it's hard to say this very publicly, but I do feel like I believe in founder-led businesses. Um, I believe in mission-driven businesses. And there's a lot the heritage has, and there's a lot that savoir-faire and you know, artistry you can get from this, but I really feel closer as a consumer now to kind of these Sephora-type brands because I see the person behind, mm-hmm. I see the team, I see the authenticity and that kind of broken down. So I think for for you, have you found like, was it um, a big change working from like a Dior to a Atacha environment or actually was a lot of similarities because Atacha is quite big now? That's a really great question. Um, I definitely felt like, and it's funny because I still feel like, I mean, Atacha is definitely smaller than Dior. Dior. Um, And I still feel like they, they have, um, they can almost, I mean, compared to Dior, a heritage brand like that, they're almost like a startup still. But what I love about working with this team is that it's very, um, there's a hustle that you, and a drive that's definitely different when you're coming from. Right, right. Because you know who the founder is and because you know it's, you know, the mission you want to make things faster and you want to make things happen quicker, more authentically. Whereas before there's all these different channels and all these different layers that you have to go through to, to, you know, to get anything improved or done or changed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what it's interest, what's interesting with beauty though, when I came in was that when I started with the brand in 2020 last year, basically, there was a shift happening with beauty and all of a sudden we started seeing a lot more celebrity brands, celebrity Mm -hmm. color brands. And I think what had happened, I think the consumer realized like, okay, how are all these brands popping off? Because now there's so many brands. Now there's, it's, it happened too quickly and it happened in such a way that the consumer's like, okay, wait a minute there's something not authentic here. Yeah. There's something that I'm not understanding, but I'm not getting a good vibe with. Yes. Because all of a sudden, all these celebrity brands popped off and they're like, okay, I, I don't even, you know, everyone has their own version of what their brand stands for. So it's, it's confusing to the consumer. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And you know, like, it's... I mean, it, I kind of really do feel, um, I mean, even doing this podcast, I, I kind of started it kind of blindly and thinking, oh, you know, I won't have enough guests. And I'm like, wait, there are so many beauty brands out there. I actually am like, I could probably do this for a couple of years and still run, not run out because there's so many. And I kind of was, you know, more interested in founder-led in brands. And then I kind of realized, well, actually, there's a lot of celebrity-led, founder-led brands. Half the time I'm like, yeah, but did they come in at what stage? Because, you know, you can tell maybe the brand was already made and then it's like they come in and then they market it to make it look like I've been, this is the formula I really love. I've been working on it, but I know industry people. I know the realities mm-hmm. of these brands that I know. Um, it was literally like at the very end and, and they've done it. Like the, I call it the Rihanna effect of like, um, they haven't gone with their namesake on purpose to kind of think about that kind of, let's maybe have a company that can IPO or sell drunk elephant style. So, you know, let's call it X beauty or Y beauty or whatever, you know, and, um, eventually we'll have no other, every name will be trademarked in beauty because it's pretty much going to be all taken by different celebrities and, and, mm-hmm. and people. Um, and I think it is quite sad because I think there is a saturation in the market and I think the lack of inauthenticity of what I stood for founder-led brands being that future of authenticity. Right. It's now becoming a little bit like, mm. and also it's hard because you see all these assets um, they share with them, like in the, you know, making it in the lab and stuff. And you so say, you don't know if that's done like at the very end from the very beginning. Right. 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 And it's so perfect that you're like really because the labs that i've been into they're a hot mess they're hot stuff mess. everywhere you're not even allowed to take off they're the dirty because yeah <laughs> right 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 so yeah i, I mean i yeah 100%. you get it yeah and i, I, I yeah think, I, I think i think consume and this is why i also you know do this kind of I, I even say it very openly is that consumers know i think we're not daft and i think you know as long mm-hmm. as they're, if they're willing to spend because they just want to say support their celebrity or they just want to try that's cool but i do think repurchase and longevity will be you know will will shine through and i think you can't really mask that because at the end of the day if they didn't build it from their own hands they're not going to stay uh, excited about the brand two years time or one year right time. Right. That's the thing. That is so true. That's and you a notice really good it. Point. You, no- you notice it when they eventually leave their bios and they leave and they don't post about it anymore. And you're like, hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think, that's, so that's why, you know, working for, you know, as you said with Vicky, you know, you've known her for, she messaged you 11 years ago building the brand. It's really her. Yeah. She's, she probably knows every little nitty gritty thing about the company um, and is so involved. And that's why, especially, I love when you said, because even I feel with my team and stuff, is they have this fire that I didn't have in my teams and other companies. And I always sometimes said, you know, I think it's the manager, it's the boss, the boss is nice to the fire, but no, it's actually also as well as a manager, it's the business. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's what, what they're working for. You know, it's the company. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why you're seeing the shift of a lot of people now are like, I don't want to work for this fortune 500, you know, I don't want to work for those, um, the, the big companies. I want to work for smaller, agile new kind of founder-led kind of companies because there's a mission that mm-hmm. a lot more opportunity to grow as well um so i definitely definitely agree on that um but you know now touching just a bit on the pandemic um because obviously it's been a very tough time uh you've 
had a whole career change um, at Tatcha during the pandemic. So um, has it been, I mean, obviously, you know, it only through the pandemic eye, but how, what has it been like for you? Has it been a bit of like a sad that you haven't been able to travel as much or has it been, you know, the same because you're doing everything virtually? I've been really fortunate. Like I've been working like with makeup and handling Tatcha through this whole thing. Um, So, I'm actually at a point now where I'm turning away travel jobs because I don't want to, I mean, I was just in Houston for the makeup show. Um, I was going to go to LA for the Emmys, but I mean, with this Delta variant, there's just, I don't need to be, it's just really reassessed and re just kind of reset the fact that I don't need to be everywhere now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the the hustle isn't there for me anymore. Um, yeah. I don't need to do every job. I don't need to work with every actress. I'm yeah. really fortunate that I'm at a place in my career like that. Yeah, and it's not going to add any extra happiness that we maybe once thought. You know, I'm sure back in the day, yeah. you were like, oh my God, I would never give up the chance to be at Emmys, right? And now you're openly saying, it's okay, Emmys, uh, uh, you know, it does. I don't need yeah. to do it because it, we have a lot more of a deeper understanding and um, I think that's what the pandemic has done. It's actually put a bit more perspective into things. And why, mm-hmm. as you said, why are we doing it? What's the reason? I mean, I think the reason is, is yeah, is because if we can't be comfortable in our with ourselves and our skin, we can't help anybody else. Exactly. You know, it's that whole theory of putting your mask on <laughs> when that thing drops from the plane. Put your mask on first before you help someone else. That's exactly what this That's is about. Actually, actually, on the mask topic, because it's just more of a, maybe it's a silly question, but I'm curious to know is when you are doing, let's say, the makeup on someone now, it's obviously completely shifted, especially like imagine backstage. Remember, we've been to many backstage shows and fashion shows, and I know now it's Fashion Week and uh, it's already crowded and cramped. And now we'll have all these masks on, it gets hot. Is it really shifted your ability to do makeup? Like, do you have to wear a mask now whenever you do makeup or is it? Is there different rules? There's some clients that I'm like in the circle of trust. And now since a lot of people in our business are vaccinated, there's that comfort level that, okay, it's, you know, you don't have to wear your mask. It totally depends on the You're being tested most of the time and it's fine. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I test every week now still just because I just have to, um, it, it does change, but there's a comfort with it now. It's really weird. Like traveling with the mask on the plane, it's so second nature because I could be on set for 14 hours having to wear a mask. So that doesn't feel any different than getting on a five hour flight to LA having to wear a mask. You're used to it now. And I I think also uh, it's, it's, it's become like, it's just a new norm. And even Sometimes uh, I, I realize, like, I don't even realize I have it on. So you get used to it. And I think that's what yeah. I love about humans is we get so accustomed to change. As uncomfortable it might be at the beginning, we will power through. We will have, because that's just our nature as human beings. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Um, but, you know, like, in terms of uh, the pandemic, aside from work, as just Daniel Martin, like, how have you, in the last, let's say, a year or two, just stayed motivated, grounded? Have you picked up new habits? Have you gone into meditation? I'd love to know a bit more about... Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Um, that's a great question because it definitely gave me more flexibility and time. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing... I mean, I've been doing Pilates for five years, but I've been going 
religiously the last six months, twice a week. And then I just started with a personal trainer. So I'm really focusing on just my physical wellness, my mental wellness. Um, It's all connected, isn't it? It's just like, yeah, it really is doing an hour workout for your body. There's so much at play. And I think like, and it's quite addictive as well. The ones you're in, it's hard to get into when you're in it. You're like, okay, I, I couldn't see my, I know some form of physical investment in my physical body. Yeah. (laughs) And I was never that person. So I'm like, oh my God, like what's, if I miss a day, I'm just like, oh my God, what am I going to do? It's so weird. It's so weird. So, so Pilates and, and, and PTs, I think, I think it's also really important. I mean, if you can afford to, but there's always ways that, you know, you can have friends who can personal train you for a mate's rate. You can have obviously the professionals, but I think personal training oh, is one of totally. the best ways to get into it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just any kind of, you know, time alone that gets you moving is, is cherished time. Exactly. No, it's ex- just keep you active. And then, so apart from Pilates and, and, you know, personal training, what other rituals of success do you have in your day? Oh my God. Rituals of success. <laughs> this is going to sound so bad. There's a Krispy Kreme donut shop that opened up like three months ago, three blocks from here. So I try to treat myself to one of those. <laughs> I love it. At least you know- once a week. <laughs> Daniel, my uh, my question was more like mm, I do uh, I have matcha I have um, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 and you say uh, I go to this Krispy Kreme <laughs> I love it <laughs> but it works right it, I it mean, also yeah that's why you're doing all your yeah. workouts as well you get to enjoy totally it. yeah <laughs> and I don't drink I don't do drugs so it's just like yeah. well, let me have a donut just give love me a that. donut there's a donut shop that I love in London in um, I believe because when I'm in London, I usually always stay at uh, Dean Street Townhouse. And that's, is it Crosstown? Um, Crosstown Donuts. Is I think so because literally the street. Oh God, I'm so bad with the names. Um, I can walk down the block from the hotel, and um, it's that one street that kind of crosses into Chinatown. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, oh. So it's like you go down Dean Street, then Greek Street, and then you are into Bordeaux Street, and then there's Brewer Street. I think, um, and it's literally right there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, I love there's the, the, the two best donut places in London. If anyone's listening, is like Crosstown Donuts, and then there is Donut Time. Oh, it's amazing. Donut Time! It's Donut, donut Time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have all yes. the fun names. They have like David the yes. Hasselhoff and. They're yes, amazing. Yes, donut time. Oh my yeah. god, my favorite donuts ever. So yeah, they're good. the best. But they're so dangerous. And you know that they're on delivery now, which is so bad because I can now just get them oh, like, like postmates in America. You say postmates. Yeah, it's like the same. Oh. So um so um, I mean yeah, definitely I, I um I think it's important to have those little cheats uh, little cheeky things that just keep you also motivated in your day um, yeah. for me it's like even watching i personally just watch one episode of any tv show um and completely just i have to watch an episode a day because it's just like me time mm-hmm. and it sounds odd but i have to and what are you watching now i'm watching um money heist uh, the new season like la casa de papel which i oh, love yeah. um, but i just finished an amazing tv show called elite Spanish TV show. It's like a, about these students. Um, very, very cool. Um, I watch a lot of. I watch a lot of lot of shows. Um, what are you currently watching? I do ask this later, but what's what? Are you um, what I'm watching now. Uh, there's a show that started with Selena Gomez and Steve Martin and Martin Short, yeah. 
I can't remember. It's on Hulu um, that uh-huh. we just started watching. Um, there was this British uh, TV show that we just finished that came out in 2018 with Olivia Coleman. Um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it. We just finished uh, it and it was so good. Um, Olivia Coleman. I'm going to And Google it's a it. dark comedy. The, it's, it's not the crown. It's the favorite. The favorite. Oh yes, yes, the favorites. Yes, the favorite. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. I'm just cheating. Yeah. I'm on Google. But, but yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I'm. I'm. For some reason, I can't remember anything anymore. Um, yeah. No. But yeah, we just but finished that. I, I'm the same. I actually feel the pandemic. I don't know why, but I think my memory has gone really bad. I don't know if anyone else is listening is the oh, same. I'm just me like. Too. I don't know if I'm getting older, if it's just my memory is getting bad, but I can remember really random facts like 20 years ago and then nothing like last week. This is like the weirdest thing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's it so bad. I think I there's also overload of information with like social media. We're reading a lot of content. We're just, out, you know, that's what we've gone to a lot. So there's a lot in our head. Uh, but yeah. Maybe it's this. I will, I will do some digging. But, you know, we're, I'm going to, we're going to go into some fire round questions. But I do have a question I Ooh. ask every single guest before we, you know, um, and it's kind of like a bit more of a relevant one. So imagine travel's opening up and then TSA is saying, look, Daniel, you can travel, no worries, but you can only take one Thatcher product with you and it's such a tough question but what's that hero tatcha product that's your favorite oh gosh that's such a great question it would actually have to be the indigo cream Mm -hmm. because i suffer from rosacea and um this summer for some reason it's really acted up and i went i went to spain last month for 10 days and when i got back my derm was like okay we need to fix this yeah. Um, oh, so she gave me all this prescription stuff, but then I hate taking that because I'm just like, I just rather Side just kind of figure out what's yeah. wrong. And, yeah, exactly. So um, I went back to just using the indigo cream and it's really helped out my rosacea. I mean, and eczema. I mean, that's a really tough question because I do think at most all of Taja products are just amazing. I personally love, and probably not the main one people would go to, but I love the serum stick. Like I just use it all the time. Oh yeah, the serum stick's amazing. It's amazing. Totally. It's, I think it's super I need underrated. to send you our new stuff. Oh, I'd love to. Um, I, I think how, that. <laughs> will you go back to, um, to London after yes, where yes, you're yes, at yes, now? Yes, okay, I'll be cool. back in London. So I'll make so, yeah, sure absolutely. to get you some stuff. I'm amazing. Because we're, we're um, looking to launch in the UK soon. Oh, amazing. Oh, well, yeah, then we'll definitely, and we'll definitely, I'll definitely see how I can support. I mean, that's my, that's my hometown. So I know how to, <laughs> how to, to work the UK landscape. Amazing. Um, so we're going to end with some fire round questions. I ask all my guests the same questions. So I'm just curious, you know, first thing that comes to your mind, um, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving or wellness brand? You can. It's yeah. really tough because there's brands that I've been using forever. Yeah. Um, what you currently like using like this morning or whatever like well, yeah, what yeah what are you using okay l to md i just found my like dream spf ah, amazing okay yeah just because i don't like the way a lot of spfs feel i love our spf the tatcha spf but it's only a 35 and i need something higher yes. so i found something higher with l to md and it's their uv clear spf and it's amazing. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Like I actually, I, I bought recently, I mean, you know, Deepika, Liv Tinted's one. I love it, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's SPF 30. I wanted like, I need, 
sometimes I just need a little yeah. bit of SPF, personally speaking. Yeah. So I, I completely feel you. So I'll try that out. Um, what's a guilty pleasure of yours? And let's say we know Krispy Kreme is one of them, but what's another guilty pleasure <laughs> of yours? <laughs> oh my God, guilty pleasure. The um, banana pudding. I have a sweet tooth. I can tell. Sorry. With the um, Krispy Kreme. <laughs> <laughs> The banana um, pudding from Magnolia Bakery. Uh, that's t- tomorrow's Magnolia my birthday, Bakery. and I was like, "That's all I want." Tomorrow is your birthday. Yeah. Uh, well, happy birthday in advance! Oh, I have thank to you. Oh, <laughs> um, so I was like, "Yeah, that's that's." I don't want a birthday cake. I just want banana pudding from Magnolia Bakery. Love that. <laughs> um, and what do you, well, well, I say, what are you currently watching or reading? I think we answered the watching part, but are you currently reading anything? Yes. Um, oh, gosh. I'm one of those people that has like three books in rotation. Yeah. I'm the worst. I can't, I'm on the spot. I just go blank. Um, but can, yeah, um, I am, yeah. I'm reading three different memoirs from three Amazing. different um uh, Asian American authors. Oh, I love that. Uh, that's really cool. And and I think also it's, it's just nice to like keep ourselves learning and just, you know, interested in yeah. especially things that are close to us. I think it's really important. Um, what do you, what do you, what's your favorite social media platform right now? I mean, the only one that I'm really active on is Instagram. Instagram. I try TikTok and I can't, yeah. um, but I, end, I mean, I understand from a brand perspective how and why you need to be active on especially tiktok yeah is tiktok big in the uk it's big yeah like, it's getting so big i mean you know like it's one of those things where i i, I personally i'm not I, I i just don't have the time to like be a tiktok like yeah sensation. <laughs> i can't be posting all the time but i really value it from a business like for fable and main like we're so big on tiktok because we've just seen the roi that's amazing so I definitely think brands listening, like if you're not on TikTok, you know, we've had like within one day, like six figure sales just from TikTok. Like, you know, it does bring. Wow. So that's it is amazing. That you need to get on. But so I'm, you've got to play the game of TikTok. It's not your game. It's not the same game as right. Instagram. You know, it's very different. Oh, interesting. And what are your thoughts on live streaming? Huge. I mean, it, it, it varies on the platform and obviously the reach. Like I do think there's a mix of like, People say do a lot of live streaming, but if you're only live streaming and get 20 people list watching, then I don't think it's really worth your live streaming because in the day there's only 20 people and then that's it. I think it's about partnering with the right people that you can, you know, think about. It's like saying live streaming is so important, but it's like me going on, it's like saying, oh, what's the, what do you think of going on a stage and speaking in front of people? It's like super important, but as long as there's an audience to reach and fill, right? If there's only 10 people listening, right. there's no point in you speaking on the stage. You might as well just call them individually, which 10 people. So that's why I kind of say for people interested in live streaming, do it, but think about how to make that content live longer, amplify it longer if you don't have that content or ideally partner with people or people or companies that have a bigger reach than you so you can get your live streaming bigger uh, mm. i think that's really important but definitely being live and ephemeral quick on the moment is the future that's what people want mm. and do you think that fable and main will go live selling definitely we're working mm-hmm. right now with like tiktok uh, we're going to move to a shopify site so we're going to kind of i guess beta test this kind mm. of 
Shopify, TikTok. But yeah, 100%. We've done quite a few with our retail partners, like Douglas and stuff. We've done like live selling, split screen. Mm. Um, I've had a lot of experience that with Dior, where I was working with WeChat on a mini site program for the Dior backstage in China. And I went to that mm. event in, in Chengdu, um, where we had that live stream like everyone was like buying and live streaming at the same time. Um, and that was incredible. It's, and the sales were incredible. Yeah. So it works. Wow. Definitely. That's amazing. I, I um, definitely feel then, like that's where retail's going. Oh, hundred percent. It's, it's the future of retail, a uh, quick buy and, and, and making sure the consumer journey is, you know, they can within one second, like that's why even like the Instagram pay and stuff, like people just need to, if they, if they minute they're about to fill in their credit card details, you might already lose them and they might never buy. So quick, 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 right. get them. And that's the thing. And my, my last question is if you weren't you know, in the... No, 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 but I love that. But uh, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. We need to speak offline about that because <laughs> right. there's a lot I can tell you on that. Um, and then um, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur or in the beauty space, what do you think you would be doing? Um, it's funny. I've learned that I love strategy working, you know, so deeply with a brand now. I love strategy. I love marketing. Um, I love product development. Yeah. Um, trend forecasting. Um, I think I'd be that maybe. I mean, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be in that world. That's awesome. Um, I really like that. Behind the scenes, definitely. I think I, I would probably want to be doing something like that. I think I love anything, like especially like trend like forecasting data it's just really exciting to kind of see what's coming yeah it is and hedging your bets like is that actually going to happen is it not and even right. that, I, I actually you know you actually even gave me an illusion of that because you were like what do you think of this what do you think of that you're already doing that right right now you're kind of forecasting trends with live shopping <laughs> you see <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's so fascinating to me because it's already popped off in asia and it's i can see it coming to the west yes. but everyone's interpretation is so different and what's resonating, what's not resonating because there it's just, it's like QVT, QVC times a thousand. A thousand. My biggest advice is just really like AB test for your brand. Like listen to the market, listen to people's stories, but it was really hard for me. Like I did so much A-B testing at Dior and I'm obviously creating Fable in Maine. Mm-hmm. I was like, boom, I have all this knowledge. But actually, no, I had to re-A-B test everything because actually what was good for Dior is so different for Fable. And actually what didn't work for Dior really works for Fable. Um, interesting. And that was interesting. Because I was thinking about like, actually like, you know, why do we have such success in TikTok is because these influencers are saying, you want the secret to the best Indian healthy hair? I got you. Boom, that's so compelling. And then you have this not not heard product that people are like, I've never heard this, but I want to try it. Whereas if I said, you want the secret to the best lips, Dior lipstick rouge, and people would be like, hmm, seems like an ad. (laughs) (laughs) But also there's something about hair. Yeah, Seeing hair. The the, transformation. Yeah, it's the transformation that you see. And just the, like, there's something about watching hair videos that you really understand texture and feel yeah. and skin rather care than too, makeup. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You really see it's that. It's like this I visceral think reaction. It's really good for the, from online and digital. It's having its moment now and it's growth. So yeah, we're, we're, we'll see where yeah. it goes. But when Daniel has been an absolute pleasure, uh, I think everyone, um, if they're not following you, they need to follow you right now. So where can everyone find uh, thank you. you on social media? What's your handle? Uh, Instagram, Daniel Martin. 
<laughs> just very, wah, I mean, you're very lucky. You have, you have a very good. You got the you got the thing. So I'll put a, a hyperlink <laughs> right. in the summary, guys. So everyone can just go and follow. Please do. I, I tell you. I mean, Daniel's definitely a close friend of mine, but genuinely one of the best people in the industry. Um, oh, and just he deserves all the success. So thank you, Daniel. And we'll, I'm sure we'll meet very soon. Gosh, so, I hope so. I miss you, buddy. I miss you so much. Oh, I want to meet your sister. We're going to plan something. When you come to London, we'll plan a home-cooked meal and we'll have... Um, oh, that'd we'll, be, amazing. We'll, we'll be amazing. Oh, my God, that'd be so amazing. <laughs> I love that. And we'll go awesome. to donut time after. That's a good deal. Yes, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable of Maine goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.